0: Predictions are dangerous. We absolutely need more inventory. The Fed doesn't actually have a lot of tools to regulate inflation. That
1: cash has dried up. Wow is my first thought, Bruce. If both parties don't win, it doesn't happen. The Real Look. Trending News. Today is January 11th, 2023. We're excited to kick off our first solo episode dedicated to the trending news headlines in real estate. If you're new to the show, I'm Bruce Hardy. And I'm Chase Williams. And this is the news you need to know. Something big is happening in the U.S. housing market. For the first time in over a decade, residential real estate across the world has entered into a period of falling home prices. And according to Fortune magazine, the U.S. housing market is no exception. The streak of 124 consecutive months of positive home price growth a period spanning from the bottom of the previous bust in February 2012 to the top of the pandemic housing boom in June of 2022 has been replaced by a new streak four consecutive months of US home price declines now between June and October of 2022 US home prices as measured by Case-Shiller National Home Price Index fell 2.4% that's already big enough to count as the second biggest home price correction of the post World War II era. On the other hand, it's mild compared to the once-in-a-lifetime 26% correction that occurred between 2007 and 2012. Chase, what do you think of this?
0: Well, Bruce, anytime there's something changing or something big happening in any market, right, we as human beings like to predict what we think is going to happen, right? And it's either because we're intentionally looking out further and trying to make decisions around that, or we want to look good by guessing what's going to happen next. The thing that I find fascinating is the variance in all these predictions, right? These 27 different groups that have made a prediction, the variance is is quite vast. It's pretty dramatic from the, like you said earlier, the, the bullish you know predictions to all the way to the bearish predictions. One commonality though, Bruce, is that no one is predicting the continuance of the appreciation we've been seeing, right? I think they're all agreeing that at best, there would be slight price appreciation. And then many of them are predicting prices to go down. And we're starting to see that right on a national level. So I think it illustrates, Bruce, that you know predictions are only predictions. They're not actually fact because they're into the future. And the difficulty it is to predict what will happen in the short term versus what we can predict in the long term of real estate right on let's say a 10 year period versus what's going to happen in the next 6 to 12 months it's it's much much harder and more difficult and therefore as we look at those predictions and take those into account we want to make sure that we're looking at them through that frame of reference
1: it is interesting i agree with you realtor.com right was the most bullish they're actually predicting that we'll see home prices rise 5.4% now, the low, by the way, is a decline in value of 22%. And that's from John Burns Real Estate Consulting. What I find fascinating out of the 27 predictions that Fortune magazine collated from all of these different research companies was that only four of them actually predicted positive growth in home prices, right? The rest of them were much more bearish. And we've talked about this a lot, Chase. I mean, the market has to correct. The number one thing impacting our market today is affordability. If we don't close that affordability gap, and there's really only two ways we can do that. We either lower interest rates, right, making money cheaper to get, or alternatively, we have to lower the price.
0: And of course, Bruce, we don't get to lower the price. The market dictates price.
1: Yeah. And that's what I meant. I mean, when I say we, I'm talking the market has to adjust there. Again, you know, they are predictions. But the bulk of the predictions are actually coming in in a price drop of 10% in that 10% range. So I think that that's pretty fascinating. And by the way, 10% price reduction in the market will actually go a long way to closing that affordability gap.
0: Yeah, I think in the short term, Bruce, let's use 10% just as an as if. That will feel pretty dramatic to a lot of folks. But considering the dramatic nature we've been on the last few years of prices going up, that actually, like you said, is a meaningful drop in terms of affordability.
1: Compass CEO Robert Refkin sent an email to staff on Thursday morning, informing employees of the latest staff reduction, marking the third round of layoffs in eight months. Understand these layoffs are in response to what's going on in the market and to their specific situation. You know, back in the third quarter of last year, we haven't heard the fourth quarter numbers yet. They're not out. But Compass actually lost 154 million. And that was up from 100 million a year earlier in losses. You know, everybody's having to drive to profitability. By the way, we should always be driving to profitability with our businesses. Yeah. But this is an interesting time for Compass, I think. What say
0: you? Well, yeah. Interesting is a kind word, Bruce. It's a difficult time for Compass, no doubt. And certainly those employees that are affected by these recent cuts, right? Like you said, third and eight months is no joke. And there's nothing easy about that, right? So anytime we're reporting news like this, we want to be careful to realize that there's some real impact to real people. And yet, it's happening. Tough decisions are being required by the marketplace and maybe by some of the previous decisions that were made inside of that organization. It's leading to these tough decisions. I almost wonder, Bruce, if it's kind of like a home seller that's kind of chasing the price down in an environment where prices are declining and they want to come out of the gate with a listing of best case scenario price and they end up having several reductions kind of chasing the price down rather than getting it right to start with. And that's also a challenge. When you think about, you know, cutting jobs and making cuts in your business, the tendency is to only make what you need to in the moment. And unfortunately, several months may go by and you need to make more, right? So it'll be interesting to see if this is even the last round of quote unquote cuts by compass. I thought one thing that was interesting about the statement they made was that they didn't intend for any of those to impact their technology and their pursuit of technology. In other words, they said it wouldn't affect any of the engineering jobs inside of the US. Well, funny enough is on the last round of cuts, they actually cut half of those engineering type technology jobs. That's going to have an impact on what they're trying to pursue around technology.
1: I think there's a lot in what you just said there, right? Compass came in and looked to disrupt the marketplace, and they did it in a couple of ways, right? One was they focused on technology. That was one of their key recruiting pitch items. In addition to that, they were offering cash incentives, right? Signing bonuses and stock incentives as well. Well, you know, they announced and we reported a couple of months ago they did away with those. So they cut over half of their 1,500 person technology team. Of course, back in June, they let go of 450 employees. They've been reluctant to say how many they're letting go this time. Although in an SEC filing on Thursday, they said that they expect to spend between 10 and 12 million on severance related to the layoffs. So that's not an insignificant number of layoffs, right? One of the things that they also talked about, Chase, was they're looking to lease or sublease their headquarter building in New York City. So they're looking to get out of their rent in their headquarters. They said it won't impact any of their agents, but you know they've got 89,000 square feet in a big high-rise in Manhattan. And we know, right, in real estate brokerage, the two biggest expenses that any business has is going to be rent and salaries. Those are the two biggest always. You can see here, they're trying to make some meaningful changes. It'll be interesting if they're able to cut. I mean, they're looking to cut $350 million out of their expenses, which I find really fascinating.
0: It really illustrates, Bruce, the dramatic change we've had in our industry at large. Because you think about less than two years ago, Compass came out of the gate with an $8 billion valuation. That was April of 2021. Less than two years later, they're valued around $1 billion, $7 billion less. You know, And they were the darlings of the public real estate companies at that point in time. Now, I'm willing to stick my neck out and say that the valuation to start with was way higher than it should have been. So the fall, if you will, is maybe more dramatic than it needed to be. And yet a decision around leasing 89,000 square feet in Manhattan would be directly tied to an $8 billion valuation, not a $1 billion valuation. So these tough decisions, as we said, are warranted doesn't make them any easier, but it's clear to see why they would need to be making those in order to survive.
1: The Federal Reserve has been sending out signals indicating further rate hikes for 2023, and they appear to have scared buyers away from the market in December. In fact, last month tallied the fewest purchase lock counts in a single month since early 2014, and that's as interest rates and affordability pressures challenge the market. In fact, mortgage origination activity dropped 19.4% from November to December, marking nine consecutive months of declines. The last month of 2022 also marked the fewest overall rate lock counts on record since January of
0: 2000. Wow. What do you think? Well, I think borrowers are still a little spooked by the dramatic rise in interest rates that happened last year. Again, it takes time to socialize and season a new interest rate. Even though we know that historically what rates are now are not quote unquote high, they feel very high compared to where they were even 12 to 18 months ago. So it's going to take time for those potential home buyers to get used to these new rates. I think the other challenge, Bruce, and we talked about it at the first story, is prices have not come in yet very dramatically. So, you have that affordability issue. So, now all of a sudden rates have gone up dramatically in their opinion, and home prices are still up dramatically. You have a real challenge there in terms of how people are feeling about what it looks like to buy a home right now. Whether it's a great time or not a great time is a whole other conversation, but it might feel to some as if it's a difficult time. And therefore, you've got less people applying for a loan. You know, as we look out into the future, you've really got the Fed doubling down on continuing to raise the cost of money. Not only do you feel like you're in the middle of a storm, but when you look out on the horizon, there's more black clouds out there. It might cause you as a consumer to hit the pause button for a minute, right?
1: Yeah, and we'll know tomorrow where the the CPI numbers are coming in, right? They report those on Thursday. This podcast is primarily for realtors. And when you look at overall rate lock counts are down a whopping 70% from the previous year, you know that that's an indicating number with regards to what's happening in the real estate industry. So if rate locks are down 70%, we know that that's going to impact sales and the number of transactions that we get to do. I mean, mortgage rates peaked just above 7% back in October before retreating due to the slowing inflation numbers. However, the rates have continued to creep up following the Fed's continued signal regarding additional rate hikes in 2023. In fact, Freddie Mac's latest survey showed 30-year fixed rate mortgages at 6.48% as of January 5th. And that was six basis points higher than the previous week. So this is not going to go away very quickly.
0: I'm glad you said that, Bruce. That's the point I wanted to make as well, is that I think it's an indicator that this challenging time, if you will, however you're perceiving that, is likely to sustain itself for a while. It's probably not going to go away very quickly. And until they get a pretty dramatic trend line of that inflation back toward the 2% that they want to see it at, the Fed is not going to stop what they're doing. Because as we've talked about on this podcast before, as well, too, Bruce, they don't have a ton of options on how they can get a handle on that. Raising the cost of money is one of the very few levers they have. So they will continue that pathway until they get a hold of it. I think it also indicates home buyers are not as dramatically impacted by a week-to-week slight change in the interest rate as we think they are. Because rates are down from the high of 7 in October, and yet locks are down still. You know, Quarter point in the rate doesn't cause you to run to the local mortgage lender and lock in your rate, generally speaking, across the board. So yeah, I think we're in for a pretty sustained period of lower units and potentially a challenging market for those of us in the industry. So What does that mean? As you always remind us, Bruce, we have to be paying attention to our activity in our local market so that we don't have to necessarily participate in what is happening all around us, even though we're very aware of what's happening.
1: And one of the challenges of this market that we're in, Chase, for example, last week, employers added 223,000 jobs in December. That's marking two consecutive months of strong growth. In fact, last month's unemployment rate ticked down to 3.5%. And the average hourly earnings inched up 4.6% compared to the previous year. So we've got these conflicting messages, right, about inflation. And of course, these two numbers that I just shared are big drivers of that inflation. So I think one of the challenges we may have, and I got to listen to a podcast interview with a gentleman named Mark Zandy. And Mark Zandy is the lead economist for Moody's Analytics Moody's is the rating service, right? That rates the quality of investments. And one of the things he said is that he's not sure that we're going as a country to go into recession. However, real estate is already in a recession because real estate is so rate sensitive. And we're seeing that, right? We're experiencing that. That's that 70% drop. We've got these strong numbers that showing the economy still growing and still doing well. And yet we know in real estate that that's a different experience. And we just need to be aware of that. I mean, this is not chicken little, the sky is falling. This is just, let's get real, right? Because until we get real, we can't get right. That's a wrap on today's News Breakdown. We'll continue to drop these episodes for you every Wednesday. Don't forget to listen to our Northern Lights episodes airing on Fridays, where we interview top agents in the Northwest and get the opportunity to hear their incredible stories. Wishing you all a fantastic rest of your week. That's the news you need to know on The Real Look. This podcast is produced by Marissa Frost. Visit kwnwr.com to access the show notes from today's episode. Head over to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast to subscribe to The Real Look. And don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of all things real estate.